The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Expect the Unexpected, a PoppyChuloRadio.com original series, PoppyChulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Wednesday, August 2nd, 2023, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on CBS's Big Brother. Please welcome my co-host, my fellow podcast house guest, Michael Pena. What's up, people? All right, listeners. I got to tell you, this is the first. Like, we do a lot of podcasts here on our podcast network. If, you know, if you are just finding us right now because of Big Brother, welcome. But, uh, you know, I just want to let you know, like, we do a whole bunch of stuff here on our podcast network. We do a lot of TV-oriented podcast panel discussions. We do film-based panel discussions. But this is the first. This is our very first podcast on Big Brother, and not only that, this is the very first time that we're actually podcasting pretty much directly after an episode has aired of anything. So, it's a night of firsts here on Poppy Chulo Radio, but first, no, let me stop, we're not going to do that just yet. Um, so, yeah, so it, it is a huge night. I will say this, Mr. Pena, not to call you out. But Mr. Pena has been trying to get me to do a Big Brother podcast for years. And I've always said no, because it's a time commitment. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is a time commitment. It is three times a week. It's it's a big deal. That's like, and, and there are so many other podcasts out there about Big Brother. So I was like, what are we going to add to it? But we are super fans. We are incredibly passionate about this show. Hell, you and I have been doing... Um, in essence, a podcast via Messenger for the past couple years whenever <laughs> Big Brother has been on. So we might as well take that and actually do an official podcast. And on top of that, it is the 25th season of Big Brother. It is a monumental occasion. So why not do it? So let's start things off. But first, we want to give you, the listeners, a bit of... Um, our background in regards to our relationship with Big Brother. And I'm going to let you go first, Michael, because, and if I'm not mistaken, you've never actually said this on a podcast because it would have never been appropriate for any other podcast. You have an interesting relationship with Big Brother that might be surprising to our listeners. So talk to me about your relationship with Big Brother and that unexpected <laughs> twist that they have no idea is coming. Yeah, I mean, when I was younger, uh, I liked watching TV a lot, so did my family. And I was in middle school, and Big Brother already had been on. I watched, started watching season three. That's the first season I watched. And I was like, man, that's, that's a pretty cool show. I, I like it. And then I saw, oh, go online to apply. I mean, I'm in middle school. I'm not old enough. I was like, hey, why not? Let me enter my mom. So I applied for my mom. She was a state trooper here in the state of Texas, uh, you know, mother of three, awesome. I was like, oh, you know, let me just do it for fun, right? About two weeks later, my mom asked me, 
did you sign me up for something? Because I did put my name on it because you need multiple names, household, etc. And I, I was like, oh, I, I think I did. Why? She goes, somebody from the uh, show called me from CBS if I want to be on it. I'm like, mom, is it Big Brother? She's like, yes. I'm like, yeah, that's the show I was telling you about where they get these random people in the house and they vote each other out and they have play games. And she's like, what? And she interviewed a couple of times via the phone. And she was going in for the final interviews, but she ended up stopping because she got nervous. She was shy. There was other Big Brother type shows in other countries that weren't PG, believe it or not. And that kind of scared her. But she was like, I can't be away from my family. I know she's also very, uh, very reserved <laughs> type of person. She goes, I wouldn't last. And then, Lord and behold, ironically, season four is when you had Jack, who was a retired law enforcement. I was like, Mom, that would have been you, the old, older, excuse me, Mom, uh, law enforcement person. <laughs> but, you know, I've been a fan of the show since I was younger. I watched the early seasons. I stopped for a bit when I was in college, but then came back in around season 16. And it's just a great show. I've binge-watched it multiple times. I has also have watched Big Brother Canada recently, and that's my relationship with the show. Just a nice, feel-good type of show where anything can happen. And Julie Chen Moonvest has been an amazing host compared to any other type of game host. And ever since I've then, I've been a big fan of it since I was younger to middle school. Like my mom applied for my mom, and then her actually getting called, which is crazy. She saved the numbers of, to the CBS, which made no sense to me because can't do anything with it. But, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool and really random. Like, of all the people that applied, you know, my mom got called back. So I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah, I love it. And, yeah, of course, keep the number. I mean, it's just a nice little thing to have in your phone. Just scroll through, and it's like, CBS, they wanted me on the show. <laughs> yeah, the CBS producer, I was like, Mom, really? It's, this is, like, 2023. <laughs> I love it. I would keep it. Yeah, just sure, scroll, scroll through the phone, and then you have the memory pop up. I'm like, oh, yeah, I almost was on that show. Yes. All right, so for me, I've been watching it from the beginning. I remember watching the first season, not like the entire first season, but I remember sort of like being kind of like, I guess what you would consider to be a casual viewer the very yeah. first season. The very first season was very different. I, I mean, it was, yeah. I mean, they learned their lesson from the first season, in my opinion, because season two was much better, and each subsequent season has been better and better and better. I've watched... The majority of the seasons, there have been a couple seasons, uh, especially in, in the sort of like the early 20s, uh, where I didn't watch the entire season um, just because there were problematic house guests and it was giving me a lot of season 15 vibes and I didn't really want to have to go through all that again. Um, so there were a couple seasons that I stopped. I know I did not watch that fake All-Stars that happened. I pretty much stopped once all of like the good OG players left and it became incredibly evident that there was a pre-season alliance. So I found that kind of um, disheartening. So I didn't watch that, but I have been like hardcore, hardcore over the past couple of seasons again, um, outside of those hiccups of, of a couple of uh, seasons. Um, this is like my show. Like I love it. It's, it's my favorite thing to watch in the summer. And when it's good, it is good. Like, there are, you know, right now just flashes of just, like, fantastic moments throughout Big Brother history that I absolutely adore. It, it is a fun show. It is a show that, um, 
you know, it, it's great to watch with people. It's great to, like, go online and be a part of the BB community, especially on BB Twitter and that sort of thing. It's just, it's a great, fun show that I've always enjoyed and I've always looked forward to. Okay, so favorite house guests. Just so that you, the listeners, can get to know us a little bit more, because I feel like your favorite house guests say a little bit about who you are as a person. So I'll go first this time. And uh, for me, the top two players of all are two that have never won, but they were so strategic and or comp beastish that, I mean, they are just the best of the best when I think of Big Brother. Number one... Janelle Pierzina, and also number one, because they're tied at the top for me, Danielle Reyes. Both of them were just amazing every time that I saw them. You know, I just adore them, and I think they they deserved to win at least once. It's unfortunately it's, it's unfortunate that they never got a chance to win. Um, because they are fantastic. Other players that just sort of pop into my mind, I mean, if we're going to stick with their seasons, I mean, Kesar is, is good. I, Marcellus yeah. and Amy um, from Danielle's season. Um, who else sort of pops into my mind? Um, well, I mean, recently, Taylor and, and Joseph uh, from last season. The Cookout, of course. But in particular, my favorites out of The Cookout, uh, Tiffany and uh, Chada are my faves out of The Cookout. I love um, Strategists. So they sort of pop into my mind. Um, I enjoy Rachel. I know that not everybody does, but she brings entertainment into my life. Um, Her Vanessa, annoying voice is amazing. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Vanessa is a great strategist as well, and I feel like she doesn't really get um, her due. Um, and, well, because she was she was in the twist. Uh, Brittany is hilarious. Like her, <laughs> you know, at, in her confessionals always brings joy. Who are some of your... Oh, wait, quick, quick, quick. Davon. I can't forget Davon. <laughs> I love Davon. She brings me joy as well. Uh, all right, so, Michael, who are some of your favorite house guests my, of all time? I would say my top ones. I love Dr. Will, man. Such a classic. He played the game his way, which I loved about it. And it was brand new right at the time. So he basically, he had a I don't care if I win attitude, which was amazing because you don't know if he's bluffing or not and that's what i i love that he's playing chicken the whole time and he legit doesn't care because he's playing it the way he wants to play it and he got so far was it season two when he won it and then in the, in the when he came back again i just I just, i'm picturing it again how manipulative he is how convincing he is even though you know he's lying uh and then my other guy i gotta give it to him man dan geasley i mean that He's so iconic in what he did. The funeral, right? We all know that beautiful Dan's funeral was so perfect. But I know he got away with the fact that he's supposed to be this great, wholehearted, you know, God man because he went to the private school. That's where he taught it. And he took advantage of that. But he's so intelligent. It's the way you speak. It's the way you deliver. Dr. Will is the same way, right? It's how you deliver your message to who and what way and what fashion. Those two for me are the top. But some of my favorites, uh, Jack, season four, the older gentleman, he just, I just thought he was cool and funny, man. He was a very down-to-earth guy. Uh, Chicken George, I mean, that guy was hilarious. He's just so out of left field. Not a, not my favorite, but he was just a very fun character. That was very 
out of the Big Brother type of world. And then some of my more recent ones in the well, before the twenties seasons was uh, I know you don't you disagree. I like Tyler. I've been a fan of his gameplay. I, I thought he was a great game player. I I liked it. I enjoyed him. And I love Casey. Casey was I didn't even know she was there half the season. You know, she was just so quiet, but she's just I've seen her on other shows now and I rewatched that season again because I was kinda like, I think Tyler it was really his to win, but then when I rewatched it, I'm like, okay, no, I it, it was a coin flip. Obviously, Tyler lost because of jury management, which is a big thing, which I'm glad. And then, oh, and one of my most recent favorites, once again, I can't forget Cody. God, I love that guy because he went after Paul, and he was just so like, I'm not following the group. He was willing to take the shot early. There was a whole that we had that self eviction that same week. He was head of household, and then he took a shot at Paul. Then he had that BS immunity man amulet that he couldn't be put up for three weeks which i thought was dumb and uh yeah i think those are some of my favorite janelle obviously ksr Derek, you know some of the top ones but i would say for sure my top two are dr will and uh dan geasley and some of my favorites to watch to play were janelle uh rachel who i initially could not stand and then i got to love her oh and evil dick uh i like people who are true to themselves yes they could be assholes but it's never like crossing the line they're just jerks you know what i mean and those were the ones i really enjoyed watching uh throughout big brother and his daughter was okay she kind of annoyed me okay there you go all right so let's jump into our discussion of season 25's premiere night big brother season 25 premiere night let's start off with house guest first impressions we have a wide variety of different types of personalities in this house this season from age 21 to age 63. We have a pretty diverse cast, so props to the the casting department. Um, I will say I feel like the women are much more diverse than the men. Um, yes. You know, if they would have added, you know, maybe because there are, I think, five Caucasian men. If they had added maybe, like, one Latinx or another AAPI man, like, it would have been a little bit more balanced, the diversity on the men's side versus the women's side. But still, you know, I will give them props. You know, they did a really good job of, you know, finding a whole bunch of different personalities for this house, you know, from different ages and that sort of thing. So from the 16 that we were introduced to at the start of the episode who stood out do you already have a favorite mr peña uh i'm i'm gonna, I'm gonna have a biased favorite but just because i like their uh, initial friend there's three of them that stood out to me that i like and they're all women uh the oh. first one was america lopez america she's from the, the Rio grand valley here in texas initially hometown uh blue i thought she was really cool and miko uh I'm interested to see how she plays. I think she has really good potential, but for me, they, they kind of... America, a little bit less, but Blue and Miko stood out the most to me, and i like to see where they go. I, I'm going to... I have them on my radar a bit. What about yourself? All right. Interesting. You know, Miko is on my list as well. I think she could be 
really, really good. Like, I love that she's incredibly cutthroat. Like, the, what she's, what did she say? You know, she's going to be like a politician. She'll smile at you, she'll kiss your babies, and then, you know, she'll stab you in the back. Like, I like that. That's the type of Big Brother player that I really, really like, especially if she's under the radar and she can sort of, like, keep up being under the radar and that sort of thing. Like, that could work to her benefit. I also, I like Jag. Like, he brought me joy. Like, he seems yeah. like a very nice, chill person. Um, he's also allegedly very smart, uh, much like Nicole. Um, So if he, much like Nicole, can, like, keep sort of, like, a cunningness and his brilliance on the low, that could work for his benefit as well. And, I mean, I like him because I like his mom, Jared is yes. someone that I got my eye on as well. You know, recently I, I saw Sari on The Traitors, and she is the queen of The Traitors. You know, if he watched that and can sort of kind of bring some of The Traitors vibe from his mom into the house, like, he could be one that could be very dangerous in a very good way as well. I liked Blue. You know, I think she has a really good personality, too. Um, I th let me try to think. Who else stood out? Um, Felicia, I thought, was really nice, too. Like, mm. she's going to bring, I think, you know, there's always, like, a like a mother hen in the yes. house. And, I mean, I hate to say it because she's the oldest one. But I, I do feel like she's going to be almost like, you know, the mother hen of the house. And, and that could allow her to stick around for a bit as well. Um, yeah, but I mean, I don't really feel like anybody in the house this season, at least for me, and maybe it's recency bias because we yeah. like literally just watched the episode. Everyone seems very nice, non-problematic, fun, chill, good vibes only type of people. It's the honeymoon I, phase. It is the honeymoon phase. My uh, my hope is that they all stay non-problematic because for me, you know, you were talking about how people can be assholes and that sort of thing. I don't mind a villain in the Big Brother house. I don't mind somebody owning their villainy. What I cannot stand, and it's why I didn't, I stopped watching a couple of the seasons, um, you know, five, seven years ago. I can't deal with people that are racist, you know, homophobic, misogynist. Um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I can't with those types of people. You know, once you start exhibiting problematic behavior, I'm completely against you. So I hope we don't see any of that. We don't need, you know, the next coming of Budget Elvis from last hmm. season. You know oh, what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree. And to kind of go off, I forgot to mention one more person. It's not their gameplay, I mean, it's only been one game, right? But Riley seems like a really cool person to me. Like, I Happy think, birthday, I, I Riley. Thought, I thought she was going to be annoying, but then, like, she got to talking, she shows her personality more. She seems really down to earth, which is, sometimes it's hard, right, to kind of do it in front of a camera. You know you're being broadcasted live. And I think she has, I think she'll put on a good social game. I think she has a really good potential. And, of course, you mentioned it, dude. Sari is one of my favorites, because... You have to watch Survivor, Jeff. If you have not watched it, watch her seasons. You think she's the queen of traitors? Which she was. She was ten times better in Survivor. She was the best, one of the best to ever play the game and not win it. She was so good on one season of Survivor 
in order for her to get voted out, five people had immunity. And it happened randomly. It was the craziest thing that ever happened in Survivor history. And her gameplay is ridiculous. So if you want to get anyone watching, if you have not watched Survivor and you want to know more about Sari, watch the traders. It gives you a little into her. But watch Survivor. That was her claim to fame and her skill at work. All right now. All right. Okay, so I know this might be difficult to ask because we already know nominations. Yes, listeners, if you haven't watched the episode, we already have nominees. It's a whole situation. We're going to get into that in a moment. But can you go back in time to like about an hour and a half ago and as you were being introduced to these people, was there anyone that sort of stood out to you that were like, okay, this is the, probably the first person that's going to be eliminated, that's going to be evicted uh, from this house? Yes, did you have somebody in mind? I did. I okay, did. who? I I feel so bad. It was Jared. What? It just... It reminded me... I forget his name. That other... I forget the other contestant that was out day one at the BB camp. When they had BB camp for the first time. He was the one that was out uh, night one. Jared just gave me the same vibes as him. I... I just, ah, and then the way he played today, I'm like, no, it's like, and the fact that he was Ceri's son was like, come on, there's got to be something in there, but you know, they're two different people, so we got to remember that, right, just because you're a son of someone amazing doesn't mean you have the same skill set, and, but I just got that from him, man, he just, him, and, uh, wasn't, I I forget his name, the beautiful red head guy, Red, Uh, Red, with the beard, yeah, I got it from him too, man. I got for for me it those two, but the number one would be uh, would be Jared. That was like, I, I feel like he'll be out first. What about you? Who is your first? Oh, that's impression? funny. See, I got it from Red. Sorry, Red. You seem like a nice <laughs> man. You know, hippie farmer and all this kind of stuff. And I got it from Corey because he oh, felt way yeah. too confident that he's going to be persuasive, and I feel like because. Listen, I don't know his accomplishments, but he allegedly says he's one of the most most persuasive people because he's a winner at competitions as an oralist and all that kind of stuff and that sort of stuff. Listen, I don't know about any of his accomplishments. All I know is the way that he was talking about it, it felt like he's going to be the type of player that's just going to go really hard with trying to persuade people. And that's going to rub people the wrong way, and that's going to get people to sort of start talking like, oh, Corey, did he try to tell you this? Like, oh, yeah, Corey, that. He's going too hard in week one, and he's going to be one of those people, in my mind, that would implode week one by going way too hard. I can see it. I can definitely see that. And, I mean, not to talk about his height, but, you know, but he is is a smaller man, and, and sometimes, you know, uh, vertically challenged people feel like they need to overcompensate and that this that or the other and it feels like he would try to like overcompensate ish a little napoleon complex maybe no offense to the vertically challenged people <laughs> you're like i'm just saying for them but i see what you mean in cory man you just you can't be full of yourself you gotta be humbled and you can't it's a hundred days right you, it's a marathon, and I and I feel like some of them already understand that. But you can get those people that don't. They get the itch. They want a big move. They want to do it now. But you got to make the right moves. We'll talk about that more as the season goes on. But we'll see how that affects people now, knowing that it's a whole extra month essentially of Big Brother. Totally. Yes. 
I will say this, in the pre-interviews, um, Izzy sort of bugged me, but she seemed very charming on the show. She just said something that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. She was like, you know, she just started watching Big Brother this year in January, and uh, she said in an interview that she had binged all of the seasons, so 24 seasons twice. She's watched them two times since January, and I don't really find that believable. So I mean, she maybe watched it once and then rewatched certain seasons, but no way she watched it fully in two. Like, yeah, that's the, so that lie, because I'm like, why are you lying already in your interviews? That, that just didn't seem factually accurate. Really random, my sister-in-law was watching mm-hmm. with me. Immediately, the only one she called out was Izzy. She's like, I have a friend like that. She's like, I don't, she's rubbing me the wrong way already. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. That's too funny. All right, let's talk about the twist. There were many twists in this episode. It was the twistiest premiere, I will say, in Big Brother history. The first twist was a twist that we were privy to a couple of days ago. I believe it was Friday when CBS premiered a little skit that showed uh, BB icons Danielle Reyes, Brittany Haynes, and Frankie Grande. Just to correct you, Frankie Grande is not a BB icon in any way, shape, or form. I will co-sign that, but they kept on calling all of I them know. legends. I know. It was so annoying. I'm I sorry, don't fully understand on. it. No, 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 it's fine. Um, I'll say this about Frankie. I found him entertaining in his season up to a certain point. And then it was like, uh, sorry, Frankie, but it's, you know, what can you do? Um, but okay, so the three of them break into the Big Brother house, and they use a time laser to um, basically, uh, allegedly, they want to go back in time so that they can win their seasons. But the time laser goes kind of cray-cray, and we see two laser beams, a blue laser beam and a pinkish laser beam wreak havoc inside of the Big Brother house. And it transforms it, or I should say it exposes the Big Brother multiverse. So Danielle, Brittany, and Frankie do not get their way, but it does affect the game in a big way. Now, I will say this. First of all, um, the acting and the special effects were something. (laughs) You can... Yep. Insert any word that you want where I put something, because it was, it was something. And on top of that, there was something that I noticed there that BB Twitter went crazy with for the past couple days. And we all thought this was going to be a part of the twist. And it turned out not being a part of the twist. I don't know if you're privy to this, Michael. But the theme of, like, pink slash red and blue was, like, all over the place. Like, the house guests, when they did their interviews or in their photographs, you know, some of them were wearing pink, some of them were wearing blue. Um, even tonight, when they were introduced into the house, they were all standing out in front of the house, some of them were wearing kind of pinkish red, and others were wearing blue, and I was like, is it going to be, like, a pink and blue type of situation where they're going to be put into teams? And uh, the Internet seemed to think that was the case, but that was not the case. Um, the twist was the Big Brother multiverse being you know, exploded inside of the house. And uh, we have four different multiverses that are going to affect the game this season, or four different 
uh, world that will be affecting the Big Brother multiverse. Mm-hmm. Um, a little side note. I don't know if Julie Chen Moonves is into any of the Marvel stuff or even DC stuff, but I wonder, like, I wonder how much the person that had to explain to her what the multiverse was was paid because, and how long it took. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because well, I, mean, I don't feel like she knew anything about the multiverse. Like, I just, I don't feel like Julie Chen Moonves is at her house watching, like, Avengers Endgame. On like a I mean, Saturday we don't night. know that, right? She keeps a pretty straight face on what she kind of does, you know what I mean? She doesn't really over-excitement, under-excitement. Her emotions are always in check, you know what I mean? She's always professional, unlike other BB hosts. They're very emotional, right? They show their emotion on their faces, what they say, how they feel, what they react to. But she's usually, that's, she's not stoic, but she's very, like, old-school, professional type of, uh, keeps her emotions in check type of thing. I, that's what I've noticed about her. It's always consistent. Yes, well, the Chenbot, hello. Um, but yeah, so I don't know how much she knew about the multiverse, but there is a multiverse now in, in the Big Brother house. We've got the Scrambleverse, which is basically a um, scrambled history in the Big Brother house type of situation. We've got the Humiliverse, which is about humiliation and uh, that sort of thing. We've got the BB Comics verse, which clearly the BB Comics is iconic. There's always a competition about it, so we know what that is. And we've got the scary verse, which looks spooky and frightening, kind of like those uh, competitions when they go into the house and stuff is popping out at them and that sort of thing. So it's, it's interesting. We've got these different universes that make up the BB multiverse that are now expressed in the house and are expressed in the competitions as well. So before we get into the competition that we saw play out, or the competitions that we saw play out, what did we think of the initial twist with the BB multiverse imploding, exploding in the house? I like the concept. I feel like Big Brother really needs to change things up a little bit, and I really enjoyed like what they did with it, what the direction they're going with. It's like they literally shook up the house. You know, why try something super different? Again, I don't have a little recency bias towards watching Big Brother Canada, and man, when they go out on themes, they go all out on themes, and I felt like that's what was lacking for the U.S. version. Granted, the U.S. version is still supreme. But it's something different. This time I felt like they put some thought into what the house looks like, what they're going to do with it. It's not just kind of a cliche theme, right? A casino, a camp, horror camp, whatever it may be. I really enjoy it. I'm really interested to see what types of multiverse games they're going to bring back. I'm assuming, and I hope so, they're going to bring back some like really old favorite games or specific games over to that season. And uh, it'll be really cool to see how it really mashes up. You know, were you excited when you first heard about the multiverse and you finally got to see some of it in action? Yeah, it was really cool. I liked it. I mean, the effects and stuff. Um, I mean, Big Brother Canada with like a word <laughs> with the special <laughs> effects and yeah. that sort of thing. But uh, the house, I think, looks really, really cool. I like the, the the sort of like the pink lightning bolts that's there that I guess, you know, the, the pink laser beam kind of created. I like that that's sort of like a part of the house and a part of the motif. I think all the rooms are really interesting looking. Um, so, 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm enjoying the twist so far. I'm worried if it could be a way too complicated, period. Because like, I can't even imagine explaining any of this to someone who doesn't watch Big Brother. You know what I'm saying? Like, they would be completely lost. Uh, so it isn't um, as straightforward as some of the other twists. But much like what you said, the Big Brother twists and turns sometimes have been very safe. And I feel like this one, especially because it's season 25, it's a big damn deal. I feel like this one could be incredibly crazy. And I'm here for it. Like, I'm here for craziness being brought into the Big Brother house. You know, a Pandora's box, a reset button, you know, a a mysterious power. Um, Hell, America's player. Like, bring back some classic... BB stuff that and remixed competitions as well, kind of like how we saw during the actual competition section of the episode. Remixed competitions are really interesting as well. And I'm going to say this because Danielle Reyes said this during the Big Brother 25th anniversary special. Bring back food competitions. Yeah. Food competitions lead to drama, not only because, you know, people are hungry and hangry. But, you know, if you're on the side with, with where you have to earn, like, meat, like, you know, beef and, and chicken and seafood, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and you lose, like, the whole house is against you. Like, we need food competitions back, um, especially because we don't really do much with have-nots and that sort of thing. Like, it's not like there's, like, the have-not competition and that stuff. So, I don't know. Food competitions would be really nice. Um, maybe they'll bring them back at some point as a surprise. At least one week. That would yeah. be kind of interesting. Throw in some more luxury competitions, you know? That's yes. what I, I, yes. I would like. And throw in some more crazy twists. Like, again, watching Big Brother Canada, they had it to where, oh, triple eviction. Like, oh, shoot. Like, what is that? Well, one well we did have that, that one night, remember? Yeah, but they got it like it became consistent. It became a staple. Oh, okay. yes, you know yes, what yes. I mean? So it, it it changed things to where two people, three people are nominated and two of them leave. So you're voting for the person to stay. You know, they they do crazy twists like that. I'm hoping that this season being a hundred days, twenty fifth anniversary, let's see some just randomness just happen on that night. You know, not just with the games, but just the twist in general, food competition, luxury competition. Are you safe? Are you not safe? And I'm, I'm battle backs. Yeah, battle backs. I'm, I'm hopefully I'm not jumping the gun. I love the fact they went straight to nominations. This is the first time that I feel like they're stepping out of their comfort zone to do something different, right? It's always been the same True. recipe reused over and over, where the other uh, countries have done stuff like this. I'm just happy they're doing that now. Well, since you mentioned it, and it's exactly where we were going, let's talk about the competitions that were featured in this episode. So usually there's an HOH competition the first night. You know, there might be multiple competitions, and and at times, you know, it's like winners from each of those mini competitions will fight to be the HOH. This time around, uh, the Scrambleverse scrambled the competition, and it's not an HOH competition. It's a nominations competition. So basically, there were four different competitions. The loser of each of those competition became a nominee. 
which is crazy because that means that there will be four nominees at the end of all those competitions, which is, uh, I believe, the most nominees that they've ever had for yep. a, you know a week of of uh, eliminations. I know there have sometimes been penalty um, nominations and that sort of thing, but that's still three. Like th- these are four people that are going to be nominated. So let me go through the competitions. We have uh, the scramble versus competition, which was called puzzling headlines. So it's the typical puzzle competition that we've seen in the past, but this time it's done in reverse. So the puzzle is done. The contestants will have to disassemble the assembled puzzle and put it back into its box so that it fits perfectly. The competitors were America, Bowie Jane, Nicole, and Jared, and I read those names in the order that they completed it. So that means Jared lost and became the very first nominee. Poor Jared. I'm calling him. He's going to be the first one out, bro. Watch. Oh, how dare you? (laughs) All right, then was the Humilla versus competition. It was titled Kicking Butt, and it it is literally that. It's a um, it's almost like a fitness contraption that you have to move, you know, forward and back, and uh, a uh, giant uh, shoe kicks you in the butt. And it's one of those competitions we've seen before where it's um, based off of, um, you know, the reps that you're doing. The, the first person to get to 100 is safe. Last person is nominated. And this is the order. Matt, Hysom, Blue, and Kirsten. So Kirsten lost, and she became the second nominee. Then there was the BB Comics Verse competition. It was called Goo Apocalypse. Had a Chenbot malfunction and did not pronounce it properly. <laughs> I know, it hurts. <laughs> it's fine. It's a, a similar competition to what we've seen in the past where goo lands on you, it explodes on you, or drops on you. Um, it's one of those where you have to connect wires, and there's only one way for it to be connected properly. And this is the order of, um, you know, the the people that that got it done quickest it was Jag Izzy Cameron and Felicia Felicia lost so she became the third nominee and then the last competition which I will say was the wackest one <laughs> I agree yes oh my gosh it was horrible it made zero sense so much dead time it was bad it was bad. Like, I get what they were trying to do. It is the wall competition, but done laying down. You know what I'm saying? Why would you have an endurance comp as one of the four? I don't know. But I get I get what they were trying to do. I get it. It just sucked. So this is the scary versus competition. It's called Hold On Fright. And the concept is is that everyone is laying down, face to the ground, they're holding on for dear life, while a monster hand, in air quotes, is pulling them into what Julie Chen Moonves calls the nether region. So, the concept is, you need to hold on tight, or hold on fright, as the competition is called, and you cannot be the first person to be pulled off like the first person that lets go and is pulled down they lose but not only do they lose 
they get pulled into the nether region for <laughs> who knows how long. Spoiler alert, Julie said that we'll find out on Sunday, like, what happened to the person <laughs> that got pulled into the nether region. And uh, the contestants were Red, Corey, Luke, and Riley, and Corey is the one that lost. So he got pulled into the nether region. Now, he's also nominated. He's in the nether region. So our nominees are Jared, Kirsten, Felicia, and Corey. I want to ask this first before we get into anything in regards to the nominees and what we thought, period, about these competitions. Which one do you think you would have done well in? Uh, honestly, I, I feel like that nether region one seems pretty simple to me. I have pretty good endurance to hang on to anything. I think that would have been one of my best out of all of them. I think my slowest one might have been the puzzle, because I'm, I'm not the fastest at puzzles. But I think that nether region one, I think I would have been pretty good. That one or the, the kick butt thing. Really? You've got good upper body strength? Oh, yeah. For when I used to play uh, basketball on track and a lot of other little sport things. I, I feel confident in that one going back and forth on. It, it's an endurance, right? But a uh, pretty quick one. I, I feel pretty comfortable in that one. I felt bad for uh, Kirsten. She was trying. <laughs> she was. I would have been cursing because I don't really do with fitness. Um, so I feel like I would suck the most at that one. I feel like the other ones were, were fine. I'm not a huge puzzle person, but I, I feel like maybe the puzzle one would be my like my second worst. The comics one, I think, would be um, pretty easy or at least, you know, manageable. And, well, they're and, fast, I mean, right? They're super quick. Yeah. Hold on Fright, I think. I mean, as stupid as it was, I think it, everyone is like, I should have done Hold on Fright. <laughs> I don't understand it. Like, there's a part of me that was like, was it even really pulling any of them? Dude, that's what I thought the whole time. I'm like, it better be working. I almost feel like, what's his name? Corey just gave up just to do it. Like, I think so, because with. Luke was, like, taking his hand off, and it, he wasn't even moving. He wasn't budging. So I was like, can you just take your hands off and, like, you know, just stay there? Like, I was very confused by it. It, it was not what they were trying for it to do. Whatever yeah. it was that they were trying for it to do, it did not happen. Like maybe we'll never if they would have. I know we never will. If they had done like a regular wall competition to where they're standing, like when they if they did like a hanging competition, yeah, where there's like soft padding on the ground and like the hand is pulling you down, I think that would have worked best or, because or even gravity. A wall you... Yeah, sorry, go on. No, because I was going to say because even. Because with that, gravity would also help. So it would that would have helped in regards to the time. Because you're hanging from like a bar in the air, and your feet are dangling. You've got the monster hand pulling you down. That would have been better. Oh, actually, you fixed it. It's basically, uh, I saw that in another game show, and people fall off in like a minute or less. Actually, that would have been really, really perfect. I was thinking... You could have done a tilted wall. Just make it go a full forty-five degrees. I guarantee you they're not going to hang on very long. Don't put a don't put a pole. Just put those little wall climbing, uh, little things, and they would have fallen off within thirty to ninety seconds. Okay, there you go. Yeah, that works too. 
Okay, so the various competitions. Uh, we've sort of been talking about them, so let's talk about them even more. What did we think of them? Uh, were we surprised by those that lost? And uh, do you have at all a theory as to what the nether region means? And do we think we will see the nether region again? Because it seems to be a part of the Scaryverse, and clearly the Scaryverse is a, a major uh, world that we will be exploring throughout these 100 the, days. The fact that they say nether regions always thinks of, I think of my nether regions. Like, it's such a weird word to use. and <laughs> Not you're your nether regions. Although that does Ju sound terrifying. Julie, Julie says it a lot. I'm like, that's such, they should have called it the black hole, uh, the X universe, or something. Because it, it just sounds really weird to me. Well, and, if you but, play Minecraft, there is the nether. Right, but you don't say nether region. Like, you're nether region. Okay, nether That's, regions. You know, you can call it nether. Like, <laughs> you can come up with any other cool name. I just feel the like The negative that... zone. Or, what's his name? Uh, the Zingbot universe or something. I thought it could have been a cooler name. It's interesting concept. I feel like they're going to use it to where it's going to bring players back. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be the ripple in time, so to speak. To where you get maybe evicted once you're in there, or you get a penalty, or it saves you, or it brings people back. I feel like they're going in that direction. What do you think they're going to use it for? What do you mean in regards to bringing people back? So, if somebody is voted out, right, maybe they don't actually leave the game. They get sent to the nether region. They're oh, in, okay. So that means time space is mm -hmm. halted. It, it doesn't go forward or backwards. So they they either a leaving the house or they're coming back into the house. So maybe like the first four house guests that are eliminated, that are evicted, they go to the nether region and then they're housed there. Housed as in, I mean, it's not like they're actually in there. They'll go to a hotel or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they're there. And then they return via a battle back situation. Exactly. That would be the way to come back. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, all right. I don't really know what the nether region does. My hope is that it is a punishment. It's not a benefit. Um, you know, in regards to how it's going to affect the game, as in with Corey, you know, like he comes back in a costume or something. Yeah. Um, I think that would be kind of nice for while you're in the game. I don't mind the concept of the, you know, a certain amount of house guests going into the nether region and then battling back. I think that's interesting. We've got 100 days, so, you know, we could have, you know, two battle backs at a certain yeah. point. You know, I don't mind the concept of battle back, especially because we have time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued by the nether Maybe not the region, but at least the nether seems really fascinating. Listen, I'm going to say this, and I mean, there's just no other way to say it. The optics of three Black House guests being nominated for... Okay. I saw that, too. And I'm normally... I don't go into much into the race thing unless it's really, really blatant, but I agree with you, man. The optics did not look good. I completely understand... It was random draw. I mean, they all <laughs> selected where they wanted to go in regards yeah. to which competition they wanted to do. So it's not like they were assigned competitions. It's not like they were told to go here, to go there, to go anywhere. 
It was all random. The optics, it looks really, really bad. Um, and, so and I'm going to be very There's I'm no other way to put it. On that last game for the scary verse, I was like trying to remember. I'm like, I, please let there not be another black contestant because I was thinking it would be – it already looks bad. It would look horrible if there was a fourth. You know what I mean? Right. Like, they would have had to throw in a damn coup d'etat or some shit. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it just looked bad, but hey, it's the way it played out, man. Like, it's crazy. It is the way it played out, so I I'm, I can't say anything about it. It just, the optics were atrocious. Atrocious, atrocious. All right, so we have our four nominees. We've got one of them in the nether region. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to be always so funny to say. And, I mean, the name of this podcast is called Expect the Unexpected, and that's like the theme of Big Brother. And we really had to expect the unexpected because we got a surprise. There was a tweet earlier today. Is it still called Tweets? Uh, yes. Okay. For now. For now. Stay tuned. Um, there was a tweet earlier from CBS that basically said, uh, you know, there there will be a 17th house guest what do you think that means and who do you think it could be actually i'm going to read the tweet right now breaking news the bb25 multiverse will release a mystery 17th house guest what's your guess for who it is and we got a 17th house guest it is it's not a big brother legend at all. I was surprised, to be very honest with you. I was very surprised. I was surprised as well because there was a part of me that really thought Brittany, Danielle, and Frankie, or Frankie, like either of them, was going to return into the house. Thank which you. I was like, ooh, that would be interesting because I would be immediately rooting at least for two out of the three. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? Like, And I'm just like, ooh. And I was like, I don't know if I really, really want that because, like, at least out of the three, like, I really want Danielle to win Big Brother. And uh, I feel like in my mind, I would not give any of the other house guests even a shot at winning it because I would want Danielle to win. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like she was robbed in season two and that sort of thing. But anyway, uh, not season two. Sorry, robbed in season three. Yeah. I was like, well, it's just the game she played. The... It was well, the game she played, but if you think about it, if the jury house had existed, she would have won. Because nobody would have listened to her diary sessions, and nobody would have been all up in their feelings about her talking shit in the diary room, which everyone talks shit in the diary room. But anyway. That's true, but you need to watch Big Brother Canada, because there's some stuff that happens like that. But anyway, I digress. Yes. I, uh, but moving on. About... Yes. The big surprise. So it was not a former house guest. It is a Survivor legend. For the first time ever, a Survivor player is in the Big Brother house. And yes, it's Jared's mom, a.k.a. the Queen of Survivor, a.k.a. the Queen of the Traitors, Sari Fields. She is the 17th house guest. I freaking love her. I was... She's such a great game player in the sneakiest way because she's so genuine and she has, you know, emotions for you, but she plays everything with a straight face. She's very trustful, but she also can betray the drop of a hat if need be for herself. And I can go on and on and on about her, 
But I love that they put her into this game because of the style that she plays. I always felt would fit. It's better conditions. She did Survivor, you know, barely eating out in the wild, horrible weather, sleeping outside. Here you're inside. Here you're a little bit older. You had the experience over these kids. Now the biggest thing is going to be who, how many of them actually know of her and how many know of her skill. Because that's going to be the very interesting factor. Because just like any legend of any game, it's always hard to play to your full capacity when they've already seen you do it. What do you think? No, that's incredibly true. What you're saying is incredibly true, and that's the thing that makes me worried for Suri in the house, if I'm being fully honest. Just because if we... And, and clearly, I feel like some of them, like, recognized her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, whether they had seen her in Survivor, whether they'd seen her on The Traitors, whether they'd seen her in both, like, they kind of know what she's capable of. So, will we get a situation like on the traders where people were fanning out and wanting to be aligned with her because of her like notoriety. I, I, you know what, man, I really think so. Cause she's likable. She was never a villain. And because of that, she could actually use that to her advantage. Let's, let's use Paul as an example. I cannot stand him, but he was a great player. I will admit that. And he should have won both his seasons. But jury management played a huge part. Anyways, he was able to get far because of his alliances he made, even Friendship. though they knew how good he was, because the the way he went about it. It wasn't negative. It wasn't forceful, never vulgar. It was just very, hey, you're my friend. Let's do this. And the way Sari played in Survivor and the Traders was a beautiful way was she brought them in and made them feel comfortable and likable. And I think that's what she's going to do. But, you know, it's a new season. It's a brand new game for her. And let me ask you this. How much is this going to affect Jared's game, having her there? And the fact that we already know, as you pointed out, he's spilled the beans. Give me, give me your insights about that. How's it going to affect him? Pros and cons. Well, he spilled the beans of what? Oh, that's Siri being his mom. He said it? I thought... I thought I had read that. I thought you had told me that. Maybe I misunderstood you. No, 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 no. He, he said it, like, in his interviews. I don't think the cast knows that oh, that's his okay, mom. Oh, okay, then, then, you know what? New question. How do you think it's, it's going to benefit and be uh, a curse for him, so to speak, having okay. his mom there? All right, so... Well, number one, just to quickly respond to what you said about Sari, I wonder if she actually watches Big Brother. I mean, just because she was on Survivor and, you know, she, she was on CBS and that sort of thing, it doesn't necessarily mean that she knows the Big Brother game. I, w I will hope, I will assume maybe, that she has watched before. So she studied it, and hopefully she's a fan. And if that's the case, then she could do really, really well. Because then she'll she'll sort of know, you know what to do and that sort of thing, and how to adapt her style of gameplay into the Big Brother house, which will be interesting to watch. As far as Jared, my big question is, did he know that she was going to be there? That's the biggest question for me. That's a really good question. Like, did he know? Because if he knew, then he, I think they already have a game plan 
in regards to themselves. If he didn't know, I feel like he's probably going to come up with the same game plan. They have to pretend they don't know each other. He can be be like, I'm a fan of yours, I think you're awesome. He does have a little bit of a resemblance to her. Um, but, you know, it's fine. I mean, he's her son, he's going to, so that's going to be hard to kind of hide. Um, but if they go for as long as they can that they don't know each other, that he's like a fan of hers and that sort of thing, I feel like they could form some sort of interesting alliance. Do I think the truth will come out at some point? I honestly do. I feel like the longer you're in the house with, like, your mom, you know, like, something's going to happen, you know. But this goes back to, like, this harkens back to, like, the familial twists that we've seen in the past, whether it's, yeah. you know, the ex uh, boyfriends and girlfriends, or the twin twist, or having the two twins playing in the house, or, you know, Project DNA. This is going to be really interesting to watch, and I feel like they're both going to play it that they don't know each other. That's my hope, because if not, both of them immediately have a target on their back. Oh yeah, hundred percent. They'll they'll for sure for sure be out. And I feel like they play the I don't know you card, and the mom can almost guarantee his safety. Cause she, you know what I mean. It'll it'll be easier for her if people want to vote him out. I think she could steer them to a bigger threat, whoever it may be. Yes, and it's going to be interesting to see the other house guests how they react in regards to do they start becoming suspicious that people are related. Yeah, I think it'll take a little time though. I don't I don't think they'll figure it out right away. I think it'll be a, at least after next week, I'm hoping. Cuz I know there's a little <laughs> resemblance, but at the same time, you're more starstruck. It's a new game. You know, they have the the uh rose-colored goggles on initially, right? Mm-hmm. When you meet somebody, you get tunnel vision. So, hopefully that plays to the benefit for a bit, but it could be a very dangerous duo or they could be an early ticket out. Very true. My hope is that there is not someone in the house that's like a Survivor super fan. Because I feel like if you're a Survivor super fan, like, you would follow Suri, like, let's say on Instagram. And so you would see her son or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like a Survivor super fan would know. So it'll be interesting to see if any of the house guests are a Survivor super fan. Yeah. That's a good point. I don't doesn't look like it, but you never know, right? You never know. Yes. And what was interesting about this whole thing is that we had a huge hint about this, kind of, not really, but sort of, during the 25th anniversary special. There was a whole section that was, like, talking about how, you know, wouldn't it be cool to see a Survivor player in the Big Brother house or Big Brother players on Survivor? There should be an entire season of Survivor Legends on Big Brother or Big Brother Legends on Survivor. So, you know, it was, like, well, right the, in front of her face. Like, a lot of people were worried about the pink and the blue, and they should have just, you know, paid attention to that section of the special from last but, week. But they always, they've always talked about it, though. Like, when I watched Survivor and Big Brother throughout the year, they've talked about, you know, crossing, or even the Amazing Race. Like, they've talked about having, because all these shows are on CBS, about all these shows, you know, having those... uh 
competitors go, you know, go to other shows, which I thought was interesting. I like the idea of survivors going on uh, Big Brother just because you're indoors now, right? And I would love to see some of these people on Survivor, man, to actually see them out in the wild a bit. Like, it would be kind of cool. Like, how would Dr. Will do out in the wild? I think he'd actually do pretty good because he's a pretty good smooth talker. But, like, Janelle, <laughs> they're really going to need life rafts. Uh, was it jackets for the floaters? Life vests for no, the floaters? No, it's a, that was Rachel. Floaters grab uh, your, um, what is it? Flo- floaters grab your life vest? Yeah. Yes. I mean, and they would need real ones. It would just be really cool. And I'm just happy to see them. I kind of, I kind of hope we see more of it because there's so many icons and legends. It'd be kind of cool just to sprinkle them, you know, here and there a bit. Like we see like Big Brother contestants on Amazing Race. We've seen Survivors on Amazing Race, but you never really seen the crossover of Big Brother and Survivor until now. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. Um, yeah, I feel like for me at least. Celebrity Big Brother should be a yearly thing. It shouldn't just be something special every, you know, who knows how many years. If they did it much more consistently, what they could do is one season it's Celebrity Big Brother with, like, celebrities, like we've seen with those first three seasons of Celebrity Big Brother. And then they could alternate the other year. It's still Celebrity Big Brother because a lot of those Survivor legends are celebrities but it's all survivor contestants from the past like fan favorites or villains or something they could alternate you know one sort of like pure celebrity in air quotes and then the the next year it could be survivor people i think that would be kind of fun i agree i think that would actually be that'd be pretty that'd be very interesting i, I like that it'd be a shorter yeah, season or even alternate another way i think it'd be cool yeah and even alternate it could be even three different cycles one year it's with celebrities the next year, Survivor Legends, and then the following year, Big Brother Legends. So they would always have a different theme every year. It's a shorter season, so you can actually get people that would want to return. And, you know, it, it's crazy. You know, it's, it's what is it, like three weeks of Big Brother, um, or I should say like 90 days of Big Brother crammed into three weeks. Yeah, they should just call it BB Second Chance or something for those players. That would be kind of cool. There you go. All right. So now we're going to expect the unexpected in an interesting way. Because I was not expecting this, but Mr. Pena gave me this idea when when I was like, we're doing this podcast. We're finally going to do it. He was like, we need to pick the winner during the first podcast. He was like, I want us to pick the winner. I want us to go via first impressions and pick who we think is going to win Big Brother this season. Yes. Now, this was before we found out Sari was going to be in the cast. Um, so I don't know if you've incorporated her into your pick. Um, but initially it was just going to be one. But... Um, Michael gave me at least a little bit of leeway, and he said our top three. So, yeah. are we including Sari or not? You know what? Let's go ahead, because she's an official contestant. She came on the premiere episode, even though it's for a few seconds. So, yes, she does count, because she's part of the quote-unquote original cast. All right. Okay, so do you want to go first, since this was your idea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. my top picks are, I feel like just the interview thingies, uh, reading them a little bit on the website. My number one 
is going to be blue. I feel like she has potential there just with her personality. Uh, my second one, who I feel like also has some potential, was Jag just seems really likable and very down to earth. And from previous seasons, that gets you very far. And he's very intelligent. So I like him. He's my number two. And my number three, I mean, I initially only had one, right? <laughs> it was blue, but I decided to go with your three idea, too. Uh, it's going to be Sari. I was a coin flip for who I really wanted. It's kind of, I like Riley. I like McColl for my third one. But as soon as I saw Sari, I'm like, she is either going to go all the way and win it, or she's going to make it halfway. That's what I think for her. So my top three are going to be blue, Jag, and my number three is going to be uh, Sari. She's really my dark horse because, again, it's going to be a very go big, go home with her, I feel. Right. But your number one is blue. My number one's blue. That's my number one draft pick. My number two okay. and three are Jag and Sari, but my number one, if I make it all the way, I win a million dollars, is with blue. Okay. All right. So I'm going to name mine, and I guess I'll pick my number one draft pick afterwards. It's interesting because we don't really see eye to eye with players. I mean, clearly. Like, when I gave my list of, like, favorite house guests of all time, they were very different than your favorite house guests of all time. And and we do sort of battle um, over the past couple <laughs> of years in regards to house guests and who you like versus how, who I like and that sort of thing. But we are going to agree on one thing. My number – well, I guess I'll say my number one. I was going to say it at, at, save it until the end, but expect the unexpected. My number one is Jag. I think he could go all the way. I think he could go all the way. My my hope is that he does. I, I really enjoy him. I, I think he could do very, very well. But I also like my other two, and if my other two become the number one, I'm perfectly fine with it. I'm going with Jared, my boy, because you dissed oh, him and basically said that he was out. That's why you got upset when I said he's the first one out. Yes, how dare you. Um, I don't believe he will be the first one out, um, but because – this was before the whole Sari situation – but because he is related to Sari, and I knew that, I felt like he has to be good. Like, he has to. I mean, he sucked in that competition. <laughs> what can you do? I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I'm rooting for him, but that was a horrible performance. Um, but, yeah, so I was, I was like, ooh. Um, but I'm still rooting for him. I feel like there's potential there. Now that his mom's there, I'm like, ooh. Um, but I feel like because she's there and because she's going to have a lot of eyes on her, she's not going to be in my top three, even though I want her to be in my top three because I enjoy her. My top three is going to include Nicole. Good choice. Thank you. Because they were both competing for, like, who was going to be the nominee. And I was like, shit, like, the, the two that I want to be in my top three <laughs> are here in this position. I don't like that. Um, but, yeah, I think she could be really good for all the reasons that I said in regards to my first impression of her. So I think either of those three could make it to the end. If I'm being fully honest now, just because I think it would be kind of sweet, having Sari and Jared make it to the end as, like, the final two, I think that would be kind of awesome, too. Um, so I wouldn't mind that. But, yeah, I like my top three, and either of them, in my opinion, could go all the way. 
Okay, now. I disagree. I disagree with Jared a thousand percent. Oh, that's fine. I just, I just don't see it with him. The other two, I do. But you brought up a really good point with Sari and Jared. Do you think one of them will eventually turn on each other during the season? The oh, that would be so oh, juicy. Man. That's. I, I can't wait because I feel like they initially won't, right, of course. But I feel like once the game gets to the nitty-gritty, who's going to cut who first? It and depends I, on – well, it depends on if they're aligned. You know, if they are aligned from the beginning and if they – like, if she starts setting up an alliance and she brings him in, I'm, I mean, I feel like she's going to have to. And just like if, if he sets up an alliance, like, he's going to bring her in. Like, I, f- I feel like they're going to try to make it to the end. And my hope is because, you know, it is a familial relationship. It isn't like it's a friendship. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think they're going to cut each other, per se. I think they're going to try to hold on to each other as much as possible. Like, I can't see Suri backstabbing her child. It's $750,000, man. Well, I mean, if he wins it... forever. Well, I mean, if he's if he wins it, you know, she's going to end up getting some of that money. He already said it in, in the video package. Just like if she wins it, he'll end up getting some of that money as well. So it, it's it's a win-win situation. I don't think they're going to backstab each other. Yeah. Be, you're right, and the chances are low, but it would be very interesting interesting to see how it plays out because who's going to want the title who's really going to want to win it will she sacrifice her game or herself for i think she would oh man i think she would 100 percent sacrifice her game for her child 100 percent. and uh i wonder more so like will a twist like like, really either benefit or fuck up their game like you know i could see a twist any twist yeah, I feel like a twist could more so affect them versus, like, them purposefully backstabbing each other. I get it. You know what? Yeah. One, this is totally out of left field because I know we're coming to the end of the podcast, is I really wish they would add hidden vetoes in the house. And <laughs> okay. Because that, that they did that in Big Brother Canada, and it was awesome. It was such a good twist because the most random people found it. And it shook up the game. And actually, a guy who was a returning player, Kevin, that's his name, was saved because of it and won the game because of it. And it was just really cool. It reminds me of Survivor. There's hidden immunity idols, right? You win right a big brother. You know, Big Brother could try. I think this Big Brother should try something like that. So I just want to throw that in there because I thought it would be a really cool twist if they were to do that. Big Brother, start watching BB Canada and mm-hmm. uh, steal some of their twists. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay. Speaking of expect the unexpected, you weren't prepared for this because I just thought about this. Do we want to predict who wins HOH? And do we want to predict who is the first evicted house guest? I mean, clearly, veto has not been done. Veto can affect this in a major way. But, um... But yeah, who do we think yeah. is going to win the HOH based off of just how we saw their performances in the various competitions? We don't know what the competition is going to be. It could be physical. It could be not. So you never know. Um, but who do you think could win HOH? Just one choice. Ooh. And uh, out of the four nominees, <laughs> good Lord, who do you think is going to be the one that is evicted first. 
Okay, so if I only had to choose one, I don't know. Yeah, that's hard to choose one to an HOH. It's, it could be completely random, right? But who right. I thought was pretty good, um, pretty quick. He didn't win it, but he was quick. I think Cameron. Cameron oh, looks good mentally and he looks good physically. Like, just his build, right? I don't know how good it would be in physical competitions. But I I like Cameron. I think he could win the uh, the uh, HOH. And then to get evicted first, I'm going to stick with it. That was my first choice. I'm not going to go away from it. It's Jared. Jared is going home. Oh, good Lord. If he goes home, then I'm going to assume Big Brother wanted them in the house for a good amount of time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that was going to be a twist. And if that twist gets ruined, you know the producers are going to be like, what the hell? Like, the producers are going to try to do everything that they can to yeah. save Jared. I so, agree. yeah. My hope is that you're wrong. Um, you know, I think Matt could win HOH. The way that he was doing that rep thing with the getting kicked in the booty, like, he looks like he could be a comp beast. So, yeah. So I think Matt could potentially have a good shot if it's a physical type of situation of winning HOH. I think the first HOH is almost like a blah HOH, and the fact that I mean, he, the person can't even make nominations. It's almost going to be kind of a waste of an HOH. This might be one of those weird HOH, first HOHs, you know, maybe maybe the only first HOH where you actually might kind of want to win the first HOH. And I Usually people don't want to win it because I don't want to get blood on my hands and all this kind of stuff. Right. Um, and I don't want to piss people off. Well, you can't really piss anybody off if they're already nominated. Um, so there's that. Uh, so this could be anybody's game in regards to the first HOH. Um, yeah. Being the first HOH does open the door to, uh, alliances and that sort of thing, but that could easily implode the next week. So, you know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. Who's going to, who's going to get the first boot out? Who's the first you know what? Out? I'm going to go with the one that I would prefer to be eliminated first. <laughs> And that is Corey. Sorry, Corey. <laughs> you know, you're from Weston. I'm in Miami. Um, don't come looking for me for my prediction that you're going to be the first eliminated. Um, but you might be able to battle back. So, you know, there is that. Sure. There's something to look forward to. And Very speaking true. of things to look forward to, still to come, we've got Sunday's episode, which will feature the first HOH competition of the season. Who will be head of household? We don't know. But we made our predictions, so let's see if either of us are right about it. And what will their power be? Julie said this, so clearly this is going to be important. Do you have a theory? What do you think the HOH's power will be outside of... uh, I mean, well, not outside of, because they can't even make nominations. Do you think they might be able to give immunity to somebody? I was thinking to something to that effect to where they get an extra immunity to take someone down or to replace if they wanted to, or it's like they get an automatic veto. So there's two vetoes, right? The one you participate in and the one automatically given to the uh, HOH, therefore potentially having only two nominees on the block or, you know what I mean, like taking two down. Mm -hmm. 
or maybe a chance to replace a single nominee if they want to. That's what I think. All right. I like the sound of all of that. I don't really have any theories outside of giving them an extra power to either give immunity, maybe a veto, as you're saying. You know, I think all of that is is basically where they're heading with that. Because I, I do agree with you. I think we will end up with just two nominees on Eviction Nights. Or because... maybe they get to play HOH again. Oh, that would be interesting. I don't mind that either. Well, it depends on who gets the power. <laughs> if, I, if I find that they have, you know, didn't didn't use the power wisely, then I'll be like, ooh, please do not win next week. And we will also find out on Sunday what happened to Corey in Michael's favorite word, the nether region. On Wednesday, we will see the first power of veto of the season play out. Will one of the nominees be saved from the chopping block? Stay tuned. And on Thursday, we will have the first live vote and the first eviction of the season. Bum, bum, bum. And we will be here to take this journey along with all of you. We're all trapped inside of the Big Brother house for the next 100 days, Michael Pena will be stuck in the nether region for the next 100 days. <laughs> My own nether region. <laughs> yes. All right. Any final thoughts, Michael, before we close this thing out? Anyone listening, I appreciate you guys listening to our thoughts and our predictions. I'm excited for this podcast. We've been talking about it for a couple of years. It's Big Brother. It looks like a great season. I can't wait to just enjoy the ride. We're just getting started. We are just getting started. So join us next time for a brand new installment of Expect the Unexpected. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Thanks, announcer. My co-host, my fellow house guest, please wish the listeners a good night. Good night, people. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe to Expect the Unexpected via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also download the entire series by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. From outside the Big Brother house, at least virtually, good night, everyone.